This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles. So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by First World Collectibles, if you're into nerd culture, if you're into sports memorabilia, if you're into wrestling memorabilia, please visit firstrow.ca. Use promo code THEPODCAST20 to receive 20% off. They got a ton of stuff from the wrestling world, all the major sporting leagues, old comic books, new comic books, you name it, they got it. Best thing is they ship worldwide. Even better, they update daily, so please visit them at firstrow.ca. If you're into video games and books, please visit bossfightbooks.com for great books on classic video games. You'll find titles like Metal Gear Solid, World of Warcraft, Kingdom Hearts 2, and so many others. Everything you see on their websites available in paperback and ebook format. So please check them out at bossfightbooks.com. And if you want to support me directly, you can visit my merchandise store at tpublic.com or scroll down on today's device you're listening to on. It's right there in the description. Click on that link, takes you right to the merchandise store. I got everything from hoodies to t-shirts to travel mugs, phone cases, anything you need or want, it is there. But the easiest thing, the freest thing, the best thing to do to support the show each and every week is rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms, most specifically Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So this week's guest you may have seen on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, Conan, and a ton of Just for Laughs galas and festivals. You can also catch the series Trapped, which he writes and stars in, up here in Canada on Bell 5. Stand-up comedian actor, Nathan McIntosh. Uh, thanks for having me, man. One thing real quick. You said you're from Toronto. You're not from Quebec? What? Why would you think I'm from Quebec? Well, what made you think your, that? Your accent. It, what? It, 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 yeah, man, I'm sorry. It, it sounds like straight up and down Montreal. I would have guessed Montreal a million percent. Oh, my God. You're the first person who's ever said this. Like, there's some... Okay, I, and we'll, get, we'll get into it, obviously. For people who don't know, you were born and raised in Halifax, and now you're in New York. But... Mm-hmm. I've never been told that I have a Montreal accent. I've been told I sound like I have an accent, not from Toronto, from a lot of Americans, though. Yeah, okay. I would have said Montreal. Oh I sound, hey, hey, and I apologize. I'm not trying to offend no, you. No, I'm not offended. Like I'm talking to a poutine. <laughs> and um, 
but in, in Montreal, like a specific Toronto poutine wouldn't sound like you. You right. sound like a guy, you know what I mean? Outside of a bar, 4 a.m., smoking a cigarette. <laughs> oh my God. I'm more runny and more sticky then. How about that? <laughs> Yeah, sure. Um, thank you for having me, man. I appreciate you, buddy. No, really, I have to thank you, obviously, right off the top. Again, like I said, Halifax to New York. Okay, before we even get into comedy, how was that transition? Because obviously you moved to New York for comedy. As most, I've talked about it with a ton of comedians from Canada. You have to, unfortunately, leave Canada to make it so-called in comedy. So you left, you went to New York for comedy. But how was that, like, first transition? Because Halifax, even though it is a big city out there in the Maritimes, in the big scheme of things, it's not that really big, is it? <laughs> It's not big at all. No, there's more people in uh, in Queens where I live now than there Shit. is in, in all of Nova Scotia. Period. That's crazy. Um, but I, I I first moved from Halifax to Toronto. Oh, and okay. That, yeah, I lived in Toronto for like six years, and oh, that perfect. that move was bigger than the move to New York because Toronto has ah. you know subway and, and fucking <laughs> streetcars, and I didn't know what any of that was. You know sure. what I mean? I I, I honestly. When somebody's like, this is how you get on the streetcar. When it stops, you just walk out in the middle of the road. I was like, that's insane. I was very scared of Toronto. I could only imagine. So, but the, but the move from Toronto to New York is pretty big. But again, Halifax to Toronto was way bigger, I found. Like, it's, it's a way bigger culture shock. So what, was that the biggest culture shock? Was like taking public transit or was there something else that just blew your mind? I mean, the subway I got lost on, which is insane. Well, how? The subway. I know. Hell, but- but again, I'm used to just riding the bus or driving a car. Gotcha, so the subway gotcha. itself was just like, and the whole thing was insane. I was horrified of Toronto too, horrified. Because everybody said, oh my God, it's the scariest city in the world, blah, blah, blah. Oh I mean, it's like, it's so funny. I also thought there was so many people there what, coming from Halifax. Sure. And now anytime I go to Toronto, there's nobody there. There's nobody anywhere, like anywhere. Even when you go to Dundas Square, you're like, this is not a lot of people. At all, it's true. Compared, compared to New York, you know. No, and I noticed that firsthand because I went to New York a few years ago, before way, way before the pandemic, and that was my first experience of where I went to an actual city that was bigger than the one I grew up in. And then just mm-hmm. a few months ago, I went to London, England, and there, yeah. oh my God, like speaking of subway and everything, their transit system is just crazy. And just and it's true, like every borough somewhere else is like jam-packed. Here in Toronto, everyone is like downtown and that's it. And that's still not even a lot of people. No, there's nobody. King Street is empty. Right. Every subway station is empty. I know. Than like, you know, 5, 8, 5 p.m., 8 a.m., whatever. But the rest of the day, uh, anyway, yeah, it's it's not bad at all. So when I go there and people – I've never – I'll say this. Anytime, when I go back to Toronto now, I never not find parking. Like when I drive downtown, <laughs> That's funny. you can park anywhere. Anywhere I want to – you park right in front of where you want to be um, for the most part. So – Anyways, again, whatever. The biggest Halifax to New York was, or Halifax to Toronto was way bigger than Toronto to New York. But Toronto to New York was pretty big as well. Um, but yeah, again, getting used to like a city itself, subways. Um, I mean, getting used to cockroaches here. Oh shit! Because when I first moved here, the apartment I had was garbage. Okay. And um, man, God, God, the first time you see, for me anyway, and maybe yeah. it's some people in Toronto that have cockroaches. I, I never saw them. Okay. But, fuck, that was definitely a thing to be like, what the fuck, why is this a thing, who made this, you know, horrifying. Yeah, but again, coming from the Maritimes, I'm sure there was huge ass fucking insects over there too that would freak out any city folk, so like, you know, like, even, I, mean, maybe, I don't know. Maybe like a moose fly, moose, maybe like okay. a, 
But but other than that, I don't think there's any kind of like. I don't think, rats and shit too. There's cockroaches in the Maritimes. I'm sure cockroaches are everywhere, right? Who knows? But you see them here, even like on the subway. Oh, like you just you see them. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, they're awful. Oh my goodness. Well, not speaking of awful, but it's obviously a good thing. Comedy. You got into it. You were in hell. <laughs> I tried, my friend. I tried very hard on that oh, one. Oh, man. Comedy is awful. That's really funny. <laughs> but, being in Halifax, what made you get the bug? How'd you get into it? Again, you moved to Toronto, to New York, so obviously you got your step four. But how did it all this come to be, my friend? Um, I... Uh... So my mom always had stand-up on in the house when I was a kid. Oh. I always just thought it was, like, the coolest thing ever. Okay. So when I was 10, I decided I was going to do it. I started doing it at 19. And, uh, fuck, it was a horrible mistake. <laughs> oh, no. Every goddamn seven... I'm kidding. I, I, okay, I okay, good. It. But, um, but, yeah, that's how, man. It, I, I always just thought it was super cool. I always just liked it as a kid. And that's awesome. And I want to go right to, to, to what you do currently. All your albums... You're on tour, you're doing the Gramercy soon and all that fun stuff in New York. Okay, I want to touch on these albums because they're so good. And your Thanks, first man. one that came out, I th- what was it? I, I Wasn't Talking, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was a, a bit far back now. I think it was 2015, like pre-pandemic, pre-everything. My friend, other than some outdated, like, I guess stuff that was in the news at the time, Mm-hmm. It still holds up. Like I, I heard it when it first came out, and then I went back again to hear it just to see if it heads up. It so does, my friend. Like to me, Thanks, comedy that could hold up through all time is the best comedy. Like even if you don't appreciate it at the time, and then you go back and listen to it, and it's still good. Ah, uh, fan. Uh. Thanks, man. Were I, you I aiming for that, or do you write thinking, "Oh, will this be funny ten years from now?" No. Oh, really? No, no, no. I don't. No, I, that, I don't even know how I would, I don't know what I would even, I don't know how I would do that. You just almost, I'm like, should I think that way? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Is that, is Shit. That I, do this? I don't know. No, I definitely don't have the thought in my head of like, this will be around in 10 years. Okay. I already know. Somebody actually messaged me last night about one of the things that's in that, okay. about McDonald's breakfast. And they were like, you yes. should put this up. Because it's really funny. And I said, I go, yeah, but the thing about it is McDonald's got rid of the whole fucking their system. That's what I'm talking about. That was, I think, the only bit. Since then, which is crazy, I haven't had a sausage McMuffin because I don't give a fuck anymore. (laughs) If you can just get it whenever you want, who cares? It's like that that, um, scene in in Jurassic Park where they put the goat up for the T-Rex and he doesn't come out. And he's like, he doesn't want to be fat. He wants to hunt. The, the best part about the, the sausage muffin is that you had to fucking earn it. The fact that I can get it whatever now, I could care less. So um, either way, I was like, man, maybe I should put it up as like a, a throwback or whatever the hell. But, yeah. uh, but no, I, I, I don't necessarily, I don't think will this hold up in 10 years or whatever the hell. But, uh, but I'm happy to hear that you, that you like listened to it and liked it now because that is almost 10 years ago. Well, and that's the thing. And even your most current one, Money Never Wakes, and that was put out last year. This yeah. one, I think, is better than all your albums. But that first one, just something about it. I don't know if it's because it was the first time I got introduced to you back then and stuff like that. But I don't know. Like, this one, I think, has perfect writing, perfect delivery, everything about it. It flowed so nicely compared to your other albums. Not that they didn't, but this one, it, like, it was just the, the nurturation and maturity of all your comedy into one thing, I guess, if, if that's fair to say. At the time, you're talking about 2015. I mean, no, I'm talking about your most recent one, 2022. 
Oh, 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 good. Thank God. <laughs> no, 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 no. Come on, my <laughs> friend. That's so funny. I was going to agree with you anyway. I was gonna oh, like, shit. Yeah, I, was better, I was a better comedian in 2015. Um, uh, yeah, sure, man. I mean, some of, some of the stuff from the from Money Never Wakes or whatever, uh, which also is a fucking special that's on my YouTube. You can check it out. Anybody that wants to see Even it. Even better. Um, uh, some of those things were from a few years ago, like two two of the things in it were from a few years ago, then the rest of it was over the last like year or two. But um, I've, uh, okay, years ago in Toronto, right? Okay. I, I, I uh, it was in this competition and there was a, a critic who wrote about it and he said, he, he liked me, but he didn't really like me. And he was what? like, <laughs> he goes, all Nathan really does is talk about growing up without money and blah, blah, blah. So, at the time, oh I was really God. kind of upset about that. Okay. But then I was like, you know, so when I went, to, for whatever reason, I had an idea in my head to do this thing called Money Never Wakes, and it's all about money. And I was like, shit, I have all this stuff. And I was like, you know what, man? Fuck that guy. <laughs> I, do have, I do have a bunch of stuff about money, but that's because I'm, I'm from the East Coast. I grew up without a dad. My mom drank. Like, there's reasons for this. Of course. And fuck off, but I'm going to fucking put it together. <laughs> <laughs> love it so which one was your favorite to write how about that of all the three that you put out uh i i, I don't even i don't know i i'd say that money never wakes was like the mo the the thing that has like a uh you know it's all kind of one thing it's all about one topic i had the, whatever the idea for it. the other things if i'm being serious were like here's jokes that i'm putting together ah, the, 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 gotcha. the newest thing was like here's an idea and i'm putting jokes into that if that makes any sense no that totally because like i said this last one it felt like a story and it just flowed so naturally like from one topic to the other like the segues were like there was like no pause like you know what i mean so it was perfect Thanks, and okay i love that you make fun of yourself i love your voice i love all that i know you make fun of yourself because of it but i don't think like to me it's the writing and the delivery if that makes sense and your voice and the way you come off like so like not childish but like always giggling always laughing and being a part of your own joke i love that shit because same thing with me when i was younger you know all kinds of family problems and shit i could have been a comedian i guess if i actually put my step forward not to say i would be a good one but i probably would have tried i'd have material for it so i always used to make fun of myself as a shield so people wouldn't get to me first so i was a very scrawny and skinny kid so that was the thing i always used to make Same, fun yeah. about like you know what i mean so to hear you put out there about your voice and your insecurities but what you do it totally involves your voice is like mind-blowing oh well thanks man right? I mean, yeah when I, when I i got made fun of a lot as a kid i was a tiny little fucking uh you know red-haired thing i was very small oh and people really hated red hair white people uh when they don't have anybody else to make fun of they will make fun of red-haired people I, I guess I, if there's anybody else around, Asian kids, black kids, they'll they'll be like, oh look at these. But if there's none of those, they're like, I gotta hate, I gotta hate <laughs> red haired people. <laughs> so I uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I got made fun of a bunch of just at at some point in time, you gotta be like, well, uh, whatever, I gotta go with it or to, to survive out here, I guess, or whatever the fuck, you know. Plus, I try not to take myself too seriously. I don't, who gives a fuck, you know? We're all Thank gonna be you. eaten one day, buddy. Well, and that's the thing. And again, I love comics who have a lot of observations and you have so many and, and I could relate to. That's the thing. Like even the beer one. Like I don't want to ruin the whole joke, but I hate beer as well. Like, you know what I mean? And it's always that thing that you feel embarrassed that, yeah, guys have to drink beer because, you know, we drink beer and, and smoke cigars. And it's like, no, I could have like a fruity drink. I could have a stiff drink. Why? Why do I have to drink beer? Like, oh, yeah. like <laughs> it's just again. I'll also say to your to, to you. So, OK. 
I've had this conversation with people a bunch. Okay. Uh, so the NWO uh, t-shirt, right? Yeah. I have said to tons of people that I like wrestling a lot. I don't like UFC. And, and so many people have said to me, okay. UFC is like for real. Why do you like wrestling? Wrestling is fake. No. And I'm like, no. you got to understand. No. First of all, everything is wrestling. <laughs> UFC takes so much stuff from wrestling to promote itself. But also, so in the same regard with the beer, I might be the last man on this earth or child or kindergarten teacher or infant that will say that I don't like UFC. Now, I do respect the fighters 100%. Anybody who dedicates their life to doing that, I have all absolute respect for you. However, where are your shoes (laughs) and you're wearing board shorts? So I can't, I can't, I cannot, I can't. I respect you. I do not like the culture of it, but... Anyways, whatever. I'm in the same boat with the fucking beer. I, I guess I have to be a man that wants, wants, has to watch another man kick another man barefoot. Barefoot in the fucking face. Right? It is a crazy sport if you think of it. But that's the funny thing when you think of... Because I enjoy both. So I could see both sides. And I could also see I could see the upfall, downfalls and the good things about both, right? But if, if I was to stand back and look at both as a whole, it's so true. You're both fighting nonsense. It's like you have these things that don't work, but people still watch it. And same thing. If you think it's choreographed or whatever, that's fine. But... People watch wrestling. People don't understand. People watch wrestling. It's not only for what's the in-ring action. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's it's uh-huh. like everything's choreographed. All these guys are super like athletes now. Not like back in the day where it was just punching kicks, right? So it's great too. But it's a storyline. I always say it's a men's soap opera. Like maybe not now or now it's starting to get back to it. But back in the day when I used to watch it growing up and shit, it was a soap opera. Like you ate that yeah. shit up. Whereas UFC is more of the athletic approach where there is no story. Two guys just go in there, blah, blah, blah. And then there's a winner. Like, you know what I mean? And a lot of yeah, people yeah. like that because there's no backstory in football. Like, can you imagine if they did like a week long story arc for like coaches before they go into the, like their football weeks. And then at the yeah. end, they have like a steel chair match after their games are played or something like. Yeah. 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 I mean, they, they have small, small things like that. But yeah. They don't have full storylines. They'll do a whole thing, like a package of like, sure. He started in, the fields of Idaho right. you know, put a football together with two uh, corn cobs or whatever the hell, but it's not the same type of deal. But yeah, it, uh, as far as like storyline goes, storylines go to this day, I feel to this day. Okay. One of the greatest things I've seen in my entire life right. is when Hulk Hogan became Hollywood Hulk Hogan. I mean, I, I really truly think right? it's one of the greatest that's ever fucking because you know what's funny? I never liked Hulk Hogan. Like, I'm not against him. Right. But I love Hollywood Hogan. I love, like, like, absolutely love Hollywood. He did, Hulk Hogan himself only has, like, four moves. And that's not attacking him, obviously. The guy's fucking amazing. He has about four moves. Hollywood Hulk Hogan had less. Uh, uh, Hollywood Hulk Hogan would break your back with leather gloves. Well, no, no, he had the hole. He had the hole in the. In the so ridiculous. And then he would like lay down. He'd hit you in the nuts. I mean, the whole thing was insane. But I absolutely loved Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Love oh. him. I actually have a big fucking. I don't have any. You read off a thing at the beginning about uh, collectibles and stuff. Right. I only have two. It's not even a thing. Two, two people, people have bought me these. So okay. it's not even a thing that I'm really super into, but I have them. 
I got like a 18 inch Muhammad Ali, which I love. Nice. And I have a, a, another fucking giant one that's Hollywood Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and I'm gonna keep that thing. You know what's crazy? That's my last thing about Hulk Hogan. I'll let you get back to questions. No, like, no, I love it. I love rest. Come on. When I moved into this new apartment, <laughs> right. like whatever, I was like, you know, I had this fucking Hulk Hogan. He's huge. It's like it's huge. Right. And I was like, I can't keep this. This is insane. So I had it on the street. A guy walked by and he yeah. goes, "Yo, is that Hulk Hogan?" <laughs> he goes, "He goes, that's amazing." And I was like, "Thanks, man." And then I'm, I'm like, "Ah, yeah, I should probably get rid of it." Another guy walks by. He goes, "Hollywood, man, that's sick." I go, "All right, I'm keeping it. I'll bring it." In my, fu- it was out on the street for two minutes. Almost caused a goddamn riot. <laughs> oh shit, that's anyway. hilarious. But that's wrestling fans, though. Like, I find there's two types of wrestling fans. Like, whenever I wear like my wrestling shirts out in public. Either people just walk right by you, whatever, that's fine, because either they don't watch wrestling or they don't care, right? But you get the ones that I stare at you and make eye contact, but then look down. And it's like, oh, you're a wrestling fan, but you're embarrassed to say you're a wrestling fan. And then there's the other ones, oh, my God, and, like, they high-five you of whoever the wrestler. Like, you know what I mean? It's just funny yeah. how it goes, like, from one extreme to the other when it comes to wrestling. Like, I just wish everyone could just be what – and no one else – like, I think I had this conversation many months ago with some other wrestlers or people who report on wrestling – Talking about how wrestling is just a notch or below, depending on how you see it, as porn in the entertainment industry. Like everyone like shuns on it or even if you're a fan of it too, like every time there's a meme on on wrestling online or something, it's like, well, what's your biggest ick? Because that's the new cool word now, ick. So what's the, what's your ick? And you're like, oh, guys who like wrestling. It's like, oh. Like, come on. Like, really? Well, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's crazy because, I mean, I've said this a billion times. Every single thing is wrestling. To, okay. And then we'll get back into whatever the hell. But no, years ago, awesome. years ago, wrestling was PG. And then they went into the Attitude Era. Yeah. And then they went back to PG. Right. Recently, with a WWE Hall of Famer in the White House... Wrestling politics went into the fucking attitude era. It's the same fucking thing. These people come out with theme songs and then they have giant stories. They walk down huge ramps to these huge songs. They have chants. It's if that's not wrestling, get fucked. It's it's one hundred percent wrestling. So anyways, if you're watching that stuff and you're like, I don't like wrestling, buddy, you're living it. (laughs) Like you this is exactly what it is. You know? It's so true. And you could do the parallel between even Trump and McMahon, where look at all those atrocities McMahon did within the WWE universe, or F, and never went to jail, nothing happened. Isn't that what Trump is doing now as the former president getting indicted and all these things? But magically, yeah. he's and not WWE, behind bars. WWE Hall of Famer. I was there when he got inducted. Shut up! WrestleMania 29. I'm not kidding. MetLife. I was there. <laughs> oh my God. I saw it. I saw it. That's too funny. And I always forget that shit about <laughs> Trump being in the Hall of... Oh, my God. Well, I saw it with my fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would tell people that, and they're like, that's not true. I go, what do you mean? He came down a gold escalator with his with his, with his, with a bank statement. That's wrestling. What are we talking about? This this whole thing is wrestling. Anyways, whatever. It, 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 but the, that has become... Oh, shit. That's like fully jumped the shark. It's almost like... If wrestling now, if wrestlers got out of the ring and went into the street uh, and started putting like regular people in the figure four, <laughs> that's kind of what politics has done. At one point in time, it was just a show, and now it's like for real. But anyway, whatever. 
you going too much down some kind of weird fucking hole i apologize no but i love it because i'm a huge wrestling fan i've had wrestlers on like i said and all that fun stuff so to me no it's not a weird rabbit hole because i love sometimes touching on not just what the person is all about but what they're into because it's like obviously you're not out there like i could tell in some of your jokes that yeah he's a wrestling fan because you know like the terminology you drop like some guys that some people wouldn't know you could tell when people don't know about a certain topic like for example when people say the ufc versus mma like when they're describing a fighter like oh you don't really watch it but now like so whatever but i could tell you but you don't really probably get to talk about wrestling when you're on stuff like this i would assume right well, and, and truth be told, I, I follow some stuff, but I don't really, I don't watch it much now. Okay. And that's not like, that's not to say anything about it. I just don't. But I do and forever will like wrestling because, buddy, this is all wrestling. So even if you don't like wrestling, wrestling likes you. You're in it. You live it. So many things use wrestling as like, um, as, as, as promo or whatever. I mean, this is all this whole thing is a show <laughs> and wrestling. A lot of it is taken from outside world events that they then, uh, you right. know, blow up inside yeah. of a deal. It's not like whatever. I will always like wrestling, even if I'm not necessarily watching it. Okay. But we'll move on. Some more comedy stuff. Obviously you're acting and all, cause that's fantastic too. I got to know you put it out there. I saw it. You met Ric Flair or you saw Ric Flair? Please. Okay. (laughs) Please tell me the story. Start to finish. Leave nothing out, my friend, because I always love me a good Ric Flair story. I've heard like a dozen by now. So please lay it on me. So I didn't meet him by any stretch. I saw him. Okay. I I saw him at a a Ring of Honor event. Oh, nice. In in Toronto. Um, He, I don't remember what year. I think it would have been like 2010, 2011, because that's, I I left in 2011. Okay. So he was at a Ring of Honor event, okay? Right. Uh, me and some friends went to see it. And a um, uh, couple things. I'll tell you, this will be a little bit of a longer story, and I apologize. No, so please. my friend, first of all, because you've been to independent wrestling events, right? Of course. There, I've been to WrestleMania, I've been to Royal Rumble. Great, both great. Independent wrestling is a... Uh, Just I something mean, about it, I know. I'm the same. Well, first of all, the most lopsided human beings you've ever seen in your life. And I'm not even... I'm truly not trying to attack them. Because I like oh them, and I like how much... I'm, I'm there too. I like how exactly. much we care about this fucking thing. But, my God. It, it, it's just... Right? <laughs> words, words that were... That we decided in 1999 we cannot utter <laughs> are being shrieked yes. in these fucking small hockey arenas. But yeah. So anyways, on, on our way in, my friend found a hubcap. Okay. And he's going to bring this in. And I was like, they're not going to let you bring that in. He yeah. goes, yeah, they will. They let us bring in a fucking hubcap. Of course. He, we got our entire section to, when the, the Briscoes are wrestling, we got that entire nice. section to chant, use the hubcap. <laughs> hit, hit a dude with it. Jim Cornette was there, okay. and I remember thinking, Jim Cornette is way bigger than people would think. Like, as a kid, you see him on TV, ah. and he's with huge fuck, gotcha. huge men. Yeah, yeah. And you just sort of go, he's a, he's a regular small human man. Sure. He's not. Jim Cornette is not a small man by any stretch. Okay. Um, okay, whatever. Flair. So, Flair comes out. They hit his music. He comes out in the robe. Drunk. <laughs> it's, it's a... It's a it's an independent wrestling show. Who gives a fuck? He's drunk. Oh my God. He gets in the ring. 
he does like a little fucking uh, strut. He woos a little bit. Then he leans on the ropes, oh. and he's got a mic. He's drunk, and he's like, uh, he goes, uh, I've been coming to Canada for years. Right. Let me tell you something. Canadian women can go, boy. Oh, my God. <laughs> this man. And the, the place, dude, I, it's one of my favorite quotes of all time. <laughs> It's just so funny. He just told a room of Canadians that Canadian women can fuck. I mean, it's such a funny, stupid, so awesome. ridiculous sentence. And I, I was very happy I got to see it. Whatever. Only because here we are. I got one other figure. It's Ric Flair oh holding the Nova Scotia flag. It's on my desk. Oh, that's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> this was also given to me uh, years ago. But um, anyways, yeah, I didn't meet Ric Flair, but I did. I did see him at that event. Oh my god! Because I've never heard that one in particular, which is funny because it happened here in Toronto, or maybe I did and I just forgot about it. Because again, so many. But I've never heard really, unless I've forgotten, a repeat of a Ric Flair story. Like it's always something different, but it always obviously involves alcohol. Because you know the man lives his gimmick Trump. and he loves to party, and how he's Trump. still going, man. Shit, that Trump. guy. I know, and, and obviously it wasn't for TV, so he could do whatever he wanted. Exactly. But he was drunk, and he leaned on the ropes and said, Canadian women can go, boy. And it was almost like he was, like, remembering to, and he was, like, like upset with it. He, he didn't say it excited. He was saying it like, God, these women just won't stop. <laughs> <laughs> it, was just, it was great. It was such a great, I'm so happy I went to that fucking event. Uh, oh. Kevin Steen, when, when he was Kevin Steen, oh, nice. was there. El Generico. Oh, they, oh yeah. Generico. Oh, you and when ROH was in its prime then. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About, about 2010, 2011, somewhere in there. Yeah, no, those, those were the heydays, of course. And yeah, I've been to so many independent shows too. And yeah, same thing with you. I've been to a WrestleMania. I've been to other pay- I even been to a WCW pay-per-view, believe it or not. I, cool. I got that Which off one? my... It was called Mayhem. It was only one, and it was here at, at I think it was at... It was the ACC at the time. Yeah, I, I believe so there. And yeah, nothing compares to a good, like my favorite still to this day, favorite, I guess it's not really independent, but I guess so, was Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore. He came here and he had all, like the Young Bucks were on it, like the Dudley Boys were on it, like all these guys too from pre-NXT that ended up going all to NXT as well, and now we're in AEW looking back, that card was stacked. The ropes broke, it was a total disaster, it was like plus 50, because it was like in the middle of August, no AC, everyone was dying. Oh, uh-huh. but it was such a great time. I loved every second of it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm so happy I went to that. And then, like I said, Royal Rumble was super fun in Phoenix a couple years ago. And yeah, that would be a nice one to go to. That mania was great. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. <clears throat> it was a fun time. Okay, back to comedy quickly, because we ended off abruptly. You had your albums. <laughs> Pretty soon the show's going to be over, and we touched like two minutes on your comedy here. People were like, what well, the fuck? God. Who wants to talk about this? <laughs> okay. No, no, all jokes aside, no pun intended. When do you, do you have an idea when you want your next special to come out? Are you working on one? Do you want like a TV per se special like on Crave up here or HBO or anything? Or are you content putting out like these YouTube slash Spotify uh, albums? Um, right now, I, I am just focusing on trying to put stuff out. It'd be great to be given money from people, but I'm kind of not even like... Uh, thinking of that, I do have an idea for a thing. Uh, I'm trying to put it out next. I'm trying to record it and put it out next year. Oh, um, so yeah, I, I, and I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I, I'm liking focusing on working on it. The other stuff of like, 
you know, oh man, will will Netflix buy it? I don't. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. But also, uh, I'm just. I just want to like. You know, I, I don't know if you do this with with this podcast, right? Okay. The, the, the focusing on creating it is the is the fun stuff. Worrying about is it going to be as big as fucking Rogan is is the stuff that'll make you just lay under the couch and wait to die. So I've spent a lot of years doing that, and now I'm like I'm I'm just like I like working on this. I'm going to work on it, put it together. And whatever, see what happens. Yeah, I'm not really. I, I shouldn't say really. Like, did I think I was going to be as big as Rogan? Never, never in my m- million years would I ever think I'd reach that status. But did I think I could at least make it to where I can make it my full time job? Yeah. <clears throat> so I guess I was setting the bar a little high. And then yeah, there was those like, oh my god, what am I doing wrong? But then as soon as I was like, you know what? I don't give a fuck. I get to talk to cool people like yourself. I get to go watch and do cool stuff because of my guests and stuff like that too. And it's like right there alone is the payment. Like no other person does stuff like this, I guess, if you think about it. You know what I mean? So do I people listen? Yeah, but will it pay the bills? No. So why worry about the stuff I can't control? As long as I'm putting out stuff that I'm comfortable with and I'm okay with, everything else, as they say, will fall into place. Not really, but I guess you just have to wait your turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, but 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 we do have to take into like some kind of like I don't know gratitude for the stuff as well, and 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 still like the idea of what it is that you are doing because that well, was what got you at the beginning. You know yes, what I mean? exactly. Not just you, I'm talking all of us. I, 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 who doesn't want to be rich? Who doesn't want to be rich? Who doesn't want to have a Ferrari and crash it into a Bugatti? Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want to be covered in tits? You know what I mean? We get it, but also. Was that the only thing that made you ever start doing these things? No. I, I personally true. like comedy. I like putting together jokes. I like saying them to people. So I'm like, I don't know. At the beginning, that's all that it was. Like when I first got to Toronto, I did a few shows in Halifax and I moved to Toronto. And, and I was doing shows at like Einstein's on college, the Fox and the Fiddle uh, on John and Adelaide. Oh, and like, okay. the, I think it, it was the Q bar on Queen Street and Spadina okay. or Bathurst. It was the Q bar. I don't know what the hell it is anymore. Anyways, all of these places were pretty bad, okay? Right. And I'm happy for them and whatever, but it was like, we would just start a show in a, in a working bar. So Shoot. people were just doing their own fucking thing. We right. would wrangle people. Oh, that's the hardest. It was ridiculous. People would yell at us and shit and whatever, but when you would get something to work in one of those places, you'd be like, fuck, yeah. I, just, I, I guess I was trying to say is the whole point of this at one point in time was like just getting jokes to work was such a fun, cool thing. And then that becomes not enough. And then you're like, yeah, but why aren't I covered in tits driving a Ferrari into Bugatti? And you go, who knows, man? But, like, do you like this part? Try to find some fucking enjoyment in this. Well, that's the thing, because you you will go crazy. And to figure out how the world works sometimes and what gets picked up and what doesn't. And you must know this, too. Like, I know you won't say it personally, but I know you know in your head you're better than 10 times these comics that you see on TV on a regular, but they're there and you're not type of thing. Like, you know what I mean? And that must drive people nuts. And I could just imagine what goes through people's minds like that because I try not to let that bother me because, again, not to be conceited, but I think I put out a decent product where, you know, it's better than a lot of other these people have, like, whatever status. But it's like, I can't control. Like I said, why worry about what you can't control? Like, there's no point. Everyone will go crazy that way. And I think... By social media and having COVID now and all this shit has made people go crazy because everyone wants what the next person has and then you can't attain it and then you start feeling all down and out and then you turn into a zombie. Yep. 
Kind right? of, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a way, for sure. <clears throat> no, it, it doesn't. It, whatever. That path doesn't go anywhere. Anywhere good. No, it does not. It does not. Well, speaking of no good, let's transition into your TV career, my friend. Okay. <laughs> Well, before anything, how did you get into acting? What was like your first role? And did you ever want to be an actor as well? Or was comedy just your sole route at the beginning? Uh, no, I, um, so the first time I ever did stand up in all, I, I was, I was 16 in a drama class. I bombed absolutely horrifically. So Fantastic. at that time I thought, you know what? I'll just be an actor as if oh, that's like an easy thing to do. Okay. <laughs> Of course. When I was 16. I was like, well, acting is easier than stand up. So I no did a bunch of um, extra stuff in Halifax. This, uh, it's in this movie about the Halifax explosion. It's oh. in this uh, movie about uh, Martha Stewart's life, Martha sure. Inc. And then uh, I got um, cast in this movie for CBC, the short film called The Weight. And then I moved to Toronto and started doing stand-up. But <clears throat> I always wanted to act. But if I'm being serious, man, I can pff, I can kind of be me, and that's sort of it. I bombed every audition I've ever fought. Oh every, no! Every I've only had I've only gotten one. <clears throat> I did one commercial the whole time I was in Toronto. Okay. I got one um, uh, thing for a Swiss. I've done one commercial in my life. It's for Swiss Chalet, and I'm honestly happy about that. Awesome. I fucking love Swiss Chalet. Of course. <laughs> But even that day, there was four of us in a room, and we were yeah. all um, we were all we were supposed to be watching sports, right. and we're, we're fucking tuned into the game. And the doorbell rings, and one guy gets up. He's still watching the game. He answers the door, gets the chicken. He doesn't even look at this guy. And they got they didn't like the guy that they initially got to do the line. There was like two lines. Okay. So they got another guy to do the line. Right. And then they didn't like him, so they got another guy to do oh the line. Oh my god. I was like, I go, maybe they'll come to me. I'm the fourth guy. <laughs> right. Never even fucking. Oh. I, think, I think they'd be like, yeah, look at that guy. He's an idiot. Um, anyway, so whatever. So then during the pandemic, I, uh, I, I wrote a thing about, um, you know, if I had to go home and got stuck with my mom and all this kind of stuff right. and uh, ended up being able to make it with, uh, with Bell five um, and did two seasons of it with uh, Jonathan Torrance and uh, Ron James and uh, Trina Corkum plays my mom, who's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan Torrance also directs it. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, and it was all shot in Nova Scotia, which oh, is awesome. Oh, better, yeah. In, in, in Truro, but uh, it was super fun. And I mean, I'm, I'm kind of just playing myself in it, but um, it was super fun to be able to write a thing and do a thing with fucking Ron James and, and Jonathan Torrance, and, and Trina's amazing. I mean, uh, she's so good, and she's like right. an actor. She, she was in Chapel Wait and a couple other things. Like, she's an actor. Yeah. So she, you know, she's an actor talking to me, goof, just some guy who's like, hey, I'm going to be in a thing, you know? Um, sure. I don't, I don't even know if I answered your question. <laughs> You're going to go down another rabbit. No, but you don't give yourself enough credit, though, because I remember you, too, from one of my favorite shows, not even if Canadian, just of all time. I would put it in, actually, my top ten. I don't know if it's a sitcom, but I guess comedy show is Mr. D. Like, you played the, the, oh, yeah. the ambulance attendant. Yeah. That scene was fucking hilarious. My friend loved it. And I think you were on there twice, if I'm not mistaken, right? No, just that one Oh, time. just the one. But, okay. But- but Jer- Jerry and Naomi are fucking amazing. Like, yes. I mean, they're both so, so good. Um, of course. I used to see Naomi uh, in Second City shows and doing improv ah, okay. in the city. And uh, Jerry I've met a bunch of times doing stand-up. But, uh, they're, you know, they're both so great. And 
I think I was on like season seven or something. Mm-hmm. So it was towards the end, yeah. Yeah, they and they both had like such a, you know, they've been there for their Since dynamic the was amazing, and, yeah. and, and the way that the show you could just tell like everybody knew exactly what they were doing, of how course. they were doing it, all that kind of stuff. Everybody was very comfortable, and I was like so fucking nervous, man. I'm really, so <laughs> dude, it's horrifying. And I, 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 if if I see that thing, right. I'm like I I can't. I can't even really see it because I'm like, oh, oh, no. I could have said that better. This thing could have been No, but it was like, so good, though. I felt like, again, it, you didn't come off nervous. You came off like the eccentric ambulance guy, like, you know what I mean? And you fit in so well because you said, like, their chemistry is so good that you could pop okay. in that third and it didn't miss a beat. And, again, that's to your credit as well because anyone could have gone in there and just brought down everything. But, I, like I said, your, your energy, your enthusiasm, I think, brings up, like, not only in comedy but in your acting, like, brings up, like, the room and the scene. Well, thanks, man. I mean, it was super fun to do. Jer- Jerry's great, and Naomi's awesome. Like, I, I, yeah, I'm a big fan of both of them. That was super fun to do. Yeah, because I was going to ask you that next, but you just answered my next question because I had Mark Little on, and he loved his whole time on on that show. And I guess for you, same thing, same experience, right, from top to bottom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I was there for that day. It was great. I, I, I yeah, I, I wish I was able to do more of it. I loved it. It was super fun, and especially because it was in Halifax too. I got to go home for a bit. It was awesome. Have you done any productions in the States or any shows for the States yet? No, man, dude, I bomb every audition. <laughs> like, I leave rooms, I go into a room, and I think people kind of look at me and they go, oh, maybe this guy, and then I read a thing in there, and they're quit. They're like, what the, what the fuck was that? I feel yeah. I leave, and they're like, just destroy the tape of that. Like, just burn it. I've never, I, I think I got a call back one time for something here. But like, oh my God, buddy, I, I bomb auditions. But do you go bomb. for every type of role, like even non-comedic or is it always a comedic role? Yeah, I've done non, I've oh, gone shit. For non-comedic roles. Okay. Some of the, dude, in Canada once, because you know, Canada has these commercials that are like health and safety fucking things. Like right. Don't, you know, don't put your fork in the, in the, <laughs> the outlet and shit sure. like that. Like these are real commercials. Yeah. There was, I don't know if you remember, oh, God. <laughs> it was a chef had a giant boiling pot of water. Okay. He's walking across a kitchen, slips and boils himself. What the fuck? And, and then no, I don't remember this. Screeching, and then a waiter is like yelling. I auditioned for that. <laughs> Shut up, dude. So they had a they had a woman walk with a big cauldron. She fake slipped and, right. and just started shrieking. And I was like, Oh my god! Oh no! You're dying, or whatever the hell the line was. <laughs> right. Um, but anyways, yeah, it, uh, I didn't get it. I didn't get, the only thing I ever got was that Swiss LA commercial. Thank God. Oh my God. But you know what I'm starting to notice too? And again, back in the day, like, and again, not to put like different tiers and stuff, but doing commercials is like either your entry or you weren't good enough to make it to the next step sort of thing. Like, you know what I mean? And people make good, like I knew like someone who lived close by me that did literally lived off and made a good living of just doing commercials his whole career. Like, you know what I mean? And this was Canadian TV, right? But yeah. now I'm noticing, okay, so when I was growing up, like the big screen, movies, Hollywood, that was the whole thing. Now, obviously, with streaming services, you're seeing, I think now TV has actually dethroned movies. And I would rather watch a good 10 episode series than watch a, a full movie, to tell you the truth. But now you're starting to see even these A-list actors doing commercials. Like, 
How much? Like, what are the budgets of these commercials where they could get all these A celebrities just to air something for thirty seconds? And half the time, I don't even know what they're promoting, and it's a quick shot, a five seconds yeah. at the end. Like, what? What the? F- like, how does that make sense? We, I think. I think the only way it sort of makes sense is like, one, companies are like, who gives a fuck? As long as there's a name attached to this, people I will be guess. like, I know that person. And two. I think we've reached the point in entertainment. I don't know anything. I, 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 you know what I mean? I don't know anything. Right. Get famous or live under a bridge. Because if you're yeah. just a person and you're going to go for a, a commercial and you're up against Tom Hanks, <laughs> right. I think you can, you can do whatever you want. You can backflip. You could do that. You could nail that audition. Let's say even better than Tom Hanks. Let's just say. Who gives a fuck, fuck you? We're going to have Tom Hanks talk about Nespresso. Because he's Tom Hanks. And you're some idiot from Oakville. <laughs> so, it's like, be famous or just just get out. Period. And I'm I'm not famous. <laughs> you know, I, got, I got two years left before they're just like, hey, buddy, look, man. Get the fuck out. Leave. <laughs> but you're right. Every, every career, even movies now. Uh, they used to have not every movie used to have giant stars in it right exactly all of them like some movies would have one star yes and then actors of course now it's like it's like every movie now has a poster of 40 fucking names (laughs) they're all the most famous people alive and you're like so is it literally just like a studio and they go we're gonna just get these 40 people again we're gonna put everybody we've ever every every name we've ever thought of you know, dig up fucking Vincent Price and put him in a fucking God. movie. Anything with a name. It's crazy. It is. And, and I think that bleeds into everything. It, go, it goes into sports now. You have all these celebrities doing celebrity matches. Same thing with podcasting. When podcasting first started, yeah. it was an outlet for just regular Joe Schmoes like myself to get opinions across. But then yeah. people saw it as a, a, a an avenue to make money. And I don't blame them. Hey, you know what? Use your name to do whatever the fuck you want. But it's at the same time, it's like... I'm so saturated of the same names over and over again when there's so yes. much talent out there. And yeah. I know how to find it, but I just feel sorry for people who just listen or watch the same three or four fucking things over and over again. Yeah, money will do that. The people that have money to promote or whatever the hell, their stuff will be at the... I mean, I, I remember thinking, that maybe I'm sure there's other crazy ones, but the craziest podcast to me... I feel was Bruce Springsteen and Barack Obama. What? This was they an actual thing. That's a real thing. Oh shit! I don't think it happens now, but they had a podcast together once. Barack was out of office, and you just go, "Oh my god, what the fuck is this? How do you... What? The... Right? What the fuck is this? Thank you. What are we even doing with that, Bruce? What? What was it like to sing Thunder Road, Barack? What was it like to talk to fucking North Korea? Like, what the <laughs> hell? is even going on on there. And it, to me personally, not, to, not and not to take anything away from podcasts, of course. Bruce Springsteen and Barack Obama are coming down. Thank you. That's the way I look at it too. Yes. What the fuck? Barack? What the fuck, man? What the, what the fuck? Crazy. But, it, but again, somebody sits around. I don't even know what that conversation would be. I'm sure Bruce has all the money in the world. I'm sure Barack's fine. But somebody's like, you know, you guys got together, you could make, you could talk about Manscaped. You could do ads <laughs> Manscaped and, and make an extra $20,000 a day. And it's That's like, no, I might as well do that. I used to talk to dignitaries. Now I'll fucking 
hawk honey or whatever the hell I'm going to sell for ads. I mean, right? Craziest one to me. That 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 jumped to, to whatever. It's so true. And then obviously they and the funny thing is they end up doing like maybe a month or two months and then they get either bored or they're like, ah, oh, whatever, we're done. And that's it. And then, but it's like just those four months alone, they'll have more viewership than I've probably had in my whole seven years. Like, sure. That's how they'll crazy it is. Guest. They'll have every guest that's ever existed. <laughs> yeah. They'll talk to everybody and you're fucked. Oh my yeah, God. <laughs> Jesus. Oh man. Well, to end off the show quickly before we wrap this shit up. You're also into hip hop, my friend. I'm a huge hip hop fan too, and you brought it up in your in your stand up in some of your bits and stuff. Again, that's how I know because again, you know who's into hip hop or not. So, okay. again, I would not picture again. No, nothing against you. Someone who looks like you growing up in Nova Scotia getting into uh-huh. hip hop. Like, again, how did <laughs> you get a hold of hip hop? How was it accessible back then? Because we're talking probably accessible pre internet. Well, no, no. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's points every. Monday in Halifax. People didn't know about this. In okay. the 90s, a seagull would <laughs> fly from New York with a brand new I can't. CD in its, in its beak. <laughs> and it would drop you. it on the harbor front. Oh my god. And we as Haligonians would pick it up. And That's go, too oh, thank funny. You. Thank you, hip-hop seagull. Um, oh. I, dude, another stupid thing. Because uh, at first I never really liked it. The first time I ever saw, in like 94, 5, okay. I saw a, uh, a Wu-Tang video, and I didn't like it. Because I was like, why are these guys wearing fucking toques in the summer? I just hated it. It's such a small, sure. small dumb thing. But I was like, it's the summer. I can see the summer behind you, and you're wearing a fucking oh my God. winter. But, um, I mean, whatever. When I was a kid, kid... Again, my my mom used to, and this is when I was like a kid. So my mom listened to Vanilla Ice oh, and shit. MC Hammer. That's awesome. <laughs> Years ago, I don't remember the first time I ever like actually started liking rap. Probably around like ninety eight, ninety nine. Okay, that's a good time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I loved Exhibit. I loved uh, awesome Dr. Dre. Like Chronic two thousand one was great, and I was fucking huge at the time i love yep. snoop um jay-z i liked eminem but you know what's funny mm. i just had this conversation with somebody the other day okay i think eminem's great right uh, great but i at the time i didn't really care because i was like yeah my mom's fucked up i don't need to listen to <laughs> gotcha <laughs> like i'm serious he's like i live in a trailer park i don't have a dad i'm like yeah 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 i don't live in a trailer park but i got a i got a fucking uh, apartment and i'm gonna fight my mom when i go home i'm like i don't i don't need to hear about it sure I, I, i'm seeing it but um i get it yeah i don't know everybody that i knew uh I, buddy I, I didn't grow up around a lot of money not a lot of people i knew had a dad and rap and shit was just sort of around um so i like it over the last bunch of years i've really liked uh i like all the like the word guys man so i like Griselda, uh I like j cole okay um kendrick yeah, I like, but uh, yeah, J. Cole, Benny, um, yeah, I like, I like the word dudes. Uh, so anyway. No, that totally makes sense. And <clears throat> those are the guys I pretty much would like to, or sorry, would like, because like, if I don't, but I do like now, because <laughs> back then it was everything. It was the beat. It was the guys, like everyone yeah. was distinguishable. 
some guys, yeah, really didn't have a message. Like you'd have like the guys who would just yell and stuff, but they were still fun, like the juveniles. Like you did not listen to juvenile to I get love juvenile all the time. Yeah, but you, you did not listen to him to get deep and to see what's going on in this man's head. It was a party like time, like you know what I mean. It got you hyped, like so yeah. he, he served his purpose. But nowadays, because I don't really like today's beats and what the artists are talking about. So when you have those guys, like you said, that's when it comes off better. Like, again, being from Toronto, I hate saying this. I'm not a huge Drake fan myself. So it's not like I listen to Drake on a regular, right? I'm in the same boat. Oh, see? So, so then there you go. Yeah. I, I, I'm, yeah. You know, it's funny. I used to work at the Adidas store. Oh, That okay. was that young desk. Right, right. And, um... <laughs> this is right around the time that I think So Far Gone came out. And Drake was doing a, a signing around the corner, I think, at um, Sam the Record Man. I think oh. it was still there. Or HMV or whatever the One of those two. Yeah, yeah. And uh, these two girls were in the store. They were talking about it. And right. one of them was like, I'm going to go. She's like, I'm going to get my, my album signed by fucking Drake. He's right up the street. And the one was, oh, my God. Wow. She's like, wow, I'll go to that too. And the other woman's like, yeah, he's so good. And like, yeah. and he's so hot. And the other woman goes, he's not hot. <laughs> I just thought so it was so funny. funny. Like, they're both like going back and forth. And then this lady's like, look, I'm only going to go so far here with this over the top freak out session, you know? Um, anyways, yeah. I mean, yeah, whatever. No, but it's funny that you bring that up because I agree too. Because I'm the same way. Like, I don't get starstruck i don't see the awe in it but there's some people as soon as they have the fame and fortune like on them it's like uh, the regular people see them in a totally different like oh my god they're so beautiful it's like no they're not you're attracted to their aura not to what they actually look like like you know what i mean like take off take off the beer goggles so to speak then you'll see the true person the best the best uh whatever example i have of that is years ago me and my friend alex pavone comedian from toronto okay walking in um in uh, New York, and, right. and uh, Cuban's coming down the street. Oh, shit, okay. My friend is a giant fucking Mavs fan, so he's like, I gotta talk to Mark Cuban. So he goes up to Mark Cuban, he's like, hey, I don't mean to bother you, can I get a picture? Mark's like, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, oh, nice. but you can tell he's like... Hurry yeah, up. Yeah, he, he's not rude at all, he's very nice, but you can tell he's also like, I got somewhere to go, let's do this. Of course. So friend, I take a picture of him, blah, 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 he yeah. starts to... Uh, Mark Cuban starts to walk away. A woman runs up to me and my friend, Alex, right. and she goes, he grabs my friend by the shoulder. She goes, who was that? What the fuck? <laughs> and he goes, he goes, it was Mark Cuban. And she goes, uh, uh, and then just chased after him. So she didn't know who the fuck he was, but she was like, if somebody sees who he must be, somebody famous, I have to go. I have to go fucking talk to him. You know what I mean? No, but I see that all. I was going to say, I always see that in the wild as if we're fucking crazy creatures, but I see it in public. Like you see people congregate somewhere in cameras and right away you hear the whispers. Who's there? Who's that? Oh, I must be someone famous. Let's go check it out. And it's like, yeah. who fucking, you don't even know who it's there. What, like, what if it's Hitler's yeah. remains or something? Like, like you're going to yeah, fucking go like, come on, man. That would be something to take a picture of in all seriousness. If, well, they're, I guess. if they're just parading Hitler's remains down the street. I mean, they have his car in um, Ottawa. People stop and fucking glare at that. That's crazy. Anyways. Uh, okay, well, how about this? You put it on your Instagram a, a few weeks ago now back. What is the greatest all-time one-hit wonder, I believe? No, I said what was the worst. Oh, the worst. So, do you act, <laughs> d- did you get a tally? What is the consensus, my friend? Because I'm actually curious about I don't this. agree with anybody. I have my oh. own answer. But you know what a lot of people said? So, I said, what's the worst one-hit wonder rap song of all time? Right. And a lot of people said Vanilla Ice. And I'm like, that's too easy, and it's wrong. Okay. It's it's way wrong. If vanilla, look, 
You might not like Ice Ice Baby, but it still sounds pretty decent today. Cooking MCs like a pound of bacon is a great no, but it's a it's a it's a moment in time, and it still doesn't sound bad. So I I, I don't okay. Even, that's fair. Anytime somebody says Ice Ice Baby, I'm like you don't you, you you've heard four songs in your life. You don't even know what the hell's going on. Here. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I, what, what, would you have an answer for that worst one-hit wonder rap song of all time? See, you're gonna make fun of me, but I would have said Ice Ice Baby myself. Only for the fact, because he never went on to do really anything, and he was so made fun of because of it. And if you liked it at the time, you were made fun of too, like from the real hip hop heads. I'm saying sure, <clears> that's the only right reason. But of- this podcast is done. Listen to it. It's not bad. <laughs> it's, it's seriously. Is it like? Is it? Um, no, it's not. You know, but it's it's good. And he also had he had he had the ninja rap. I mean, dude. Oh God. You know, but whatever. But anyways, uh, yeah, I have a I have a different answer to that. Okay, please lay it on me. Let, let's see if I agree I with you. Even, you know what's funny? I don't even want to, and I'll tell you why. Fuck. Because everything is hard, and uh, I don't even want to. I don't whatever. Whoever made the song that I hate and I think is seriously the worst fucking rap song of all time probably fed their fucking kids, and good for them. I, I'm I, good. I, I can't. Oh, okay. But if I'm ever not on a thing with you, then absolutely I'll fucking uh, tell you. But uh, but anyways. Okay, how about this one? I'll throw this one out there. Even though I personally like this song, but I've heard so many people r- rip it to sheds. I, I don't. I can't remember the actual name of the song. That song, uh, the uh, I want to get high, and it's just him saying I want to oh, get Afro high. Man. Yeah, Afro Man. You, first of all, you're from Montreal, buddy. You just said oh, uh, rip it to sheds. No, I did not. Sheds. What the? You f- don't even have an R. I mean, obviously Montreal would not have the H, but I mean, buddy, rip it to sheds. I don't know. I give up. It must be the Portuguese accent. I'll blame that. It's close enough to um, French. Um, what was I going to say? Because I got high, I, I was never a super big fan of it. But at the time, uh, me and my friends were smoking a bunch of weed, so it was on a lot. But I definitely, point. I was never a giant fan of it. But but to your point, that song has a very specific place and time. You know what I mean? Especially back then. You're, you're sitting around smoking weed. I mean, it, it was... See, but that's the thing, though. That's the thing. That's why they're one-hit wonders. Because for a group of people, it was big enough to sustain. But then, obviously, when they came and people figured, okay, this group or band is the shits, then they never went back. Like, you know what I mean? Because, personally, I would love to be a one-hit wonder. If I could live the rest of my life off of one track, and that's all I'm known for, come on. Who wants a nine-to-five or going traveling places and putting out? Fuck, give me that all day, man. I'll eat that shit up. (laughs) If you could, if you, if it could be done, absolutely. Right. But, uh, but yeah, because I got high, I was never a giant fan of, but, um, you know, that, I was definitely smoking weed at the time and people fucking loved it. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Nathan, thank you very much for coming aboard today. Really appreciate it, my friend. If you have anything to promote, anything you want to put out there, socials, whatever, floor's all yours. Go for it. Um, if anybody is in New York, I have a show at Gramercy Theater, November 11th. Uh, with the New York Comedy Festival, you can get tickets at uh, NewYorkComedyFestival.com or also on any of my socials, um, at Nathan McIntosh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. And if you want to check out my special, Money Never Wakes, on YouTube, it's there for free. Check it out. And for myself, you can find me on X and Instagram under Finger Styles. You can follow the podcast on X. 
the podcast app. Email us your thoughts, suggestions, comments, anything you want to get off your chest at the podcast app at gmail.com. Please rewind to the top of the show. Support us, find sponsors because if it helps them out, most definitely helps me out. And most importantly, please rate, subscribe, review on all the major platforms. And if this is the first time you listen to the podcast and you like what you heard, please go back and listen to other comedians such as Dave Merhez, John Paul, Michelle Shaughnessy, and Keith Pedro, to name just a few. All right, one last question before I let you go. We got to end it on wrestling, my friend, because, you know, we're both big, huge wrestling fans. Quickly, who is on your Mount Rushmore of wrestling? Um, uh, Shawn Michaels. Good. I agree so far. <laughs> you probably won't agree with all these. Uh, Razor Ramon, I fucking, dude, oh. I loved Razor Ramon as a kid. I wouldn't put him there, but he's in my top ten for sure. I'm, yeah, now it's just coming up, whatever. But, uh, Razor Ramon. Okay, fair. Um, fuck, man. It's only two more. Come on. No, I know. <laughs> no, I know. It's it is hard. I, I, uh, I did not appreciate Bret Hart as a child. Okay. But Bret Hart's fantastic. Yes. Truly, truly fantastic. So I'll put him there. Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, Bret Hart. And again, this is, and I'll put him in there. I don't give a fuck. And these aren't even for wrestling specific. Sure. I'm putting in Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Love it. Hulk Hogan, dude. Dude, I <laughs> loved Hollywood Hulk Hogan. He had no moves. Okay, last thing and then I'll go. Please. 2003, me and my brother went to see a taping of SmackDown in uh, Halifax at the Metro Center. Okay. okay, nice. And at this time, there was a storyline where Hulk Hogan was banned. But, so he was coming out dressed as Mr. America. Do you remember this at all? Yes, with the mask. Yes, he had a mask on. <laughs> yeah. So Vince McMahon's in the ring, and he's like, You're, you guys are not going to see Hulk Hogan here. Some fucking music hits. Mr. America walks down. Yeah, yeah. Okay? The building is losing its mind. Losing its mind. <laughs> he gets in the ring. Vince McMahon goes, I told you you're banned, Hulk Hogan. He grabs the mic and goes, I'm not Hulk Hogan, brother. And I'm not kidding you. For ten minutes. Ten minutes. Halifax gave this man an ovation to the point that Hulk Hogan, wearing a mask, sat down in the corner. Just sat down oh my as God. people are chanting, Hogan, Hogan. He grabs the mic and he goes, are you guys done? We go, no. <laughs> Hogan, Hogan. He stands up, shakes the ropes, does the fucking pose. That's awesome. On that note, he's Nathan. I'm Steve. This is the podcast. Peace.